Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. We sure appreciate you taking the time to listen. This particular episode is brought to you by Epoxyate Inc. High performance, concrete coatings, original and trusted since 2006. Lifetime warranty as seen on HGTV. Check these guys out, Epoxyate Inc. on Instagram or epoxy underscore it underscore on Instagram. Go check these guys out. They already have 15,000 followers and they want to make sure that your garage looks unreal. You want to have that cool looking working space. So dial up these guys today. Epoxyate Inc. Epoxy underscore it. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy this podcast with none other than Brandon Ray. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. Go to the dealership, get yourself fitted head to toe and protected well with Fox Racing Canada. Also with us, Guts Racing. You need yourself a brand new seat. Your current seat cover is absolutely hooped and uh, you need to get yourself sorted out with Guts Racing. Go check those guys out. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, this being episode 886 of the Big MX Radio Podcast. With us on the line, a very special guest, his first time on the show. He's getting ready for Anaheim 1. Brandon Ray, what's up, B-Ray? What's up, man? That's a lot of podcasts, man. I've been at it for quite some time. (laughs) I see. I'm stoked to be on it. Hell yeah. Like, uh, started in 2014. We're knocking on the door of uh, nine years uh, covering the sport of motocross. Uh, We've had a lot of cool things along the way, including calling up a guy like Brandon Ray, man. Uh, Like, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, You're a guy who who has a lot of character on on and off the bike. People wanted to know a little bit more about you, so uh, I thought I'd reach out. Put together an interview, and uh, what better time than while you're uh, you got some time driving up to NorCal? You're gonna go uh, surprise the pre- the parents for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, we just left, and we have like a seven hour and forty one minute drive, so it should be nice, you know, nice little drive. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. You're just gonna are you gonna head up uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, or you're gonna just take number five? Um, actually, we're going down 101, yeah, so we're going down 101. Okay, so, perfect, or perfect. Or 101, sorry. All right, well, let, let's let's uh, dial the clocks back to where uh, the story begins. I'm sure people would love to know how someone goes from, uh, like, where you originally started to uh, putting it in uh, Supercross main events, uh, racing under the lights, racing some of the most iconic tracks in uh, North America and in, in the States where uh, racing is absolutely paramount. So many people line the fences to watch you guys do what you do. But uh, how did Brandon Ray get into sport of bo- the sport of motocross to begin with? Uh, begin with, so... Uh... When, uh, the day before I turned three years old, my dad actually got me a PW50, and uh, I started. I rode in the front lawn. He tied a uh, tie down around the exhaust bracket of the bike, so if I did whiskey throttle it, he'd be able to hold me. And I'd just ride around in circles and just do circle after circle after circle around him. And then um, you know, just started moving up on bikes. Got like a KTM Junior 50, and then I went to. Uh, I actually started riding Pelinis, and then. When I was like five years old, we were walking across the lawn and I'm like, Hey, like I want to race. 
because he never he didn't want to be that dad that pushed his son to race. You know, uh-huh. he um, wanted me to kind of get it on my own and like want to do it on my own. And you know, I said I want to race, and he said that there's three roles that we have to do. I have to be doing good in school. I have to be giving 120 percent, and then uh, we both have to be having fun, and uh, we can race. So that's how I started racing motocross, and then. Yeah, throughout the years, I'm here now. <laughs> well, there you go, man. Yeah, like I, I assume that when you did become a uh, a straight A student, that you were then able to go back to the drawing board and let your dad know that it is mathematically impossible to give more than a hundred percent. Thus, proving that you are the strong student that you truly are. Uh, but then you're also having fun, honestly, like. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, Brandon, is you make being a professional motocross racer look like a really fun job to have. And I I think that's a really big thing for uh, the young kids growing up to be able to see is that sort of like that aspiring level to be able to say like, hey, when I get to the top, not only is it like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun at the very same time. Um, And you do a great job of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, because, like, growing up, you know, I always looked up to these pro guys. And uh, then, like, when I started, like, actually, when I turned pro, it was actually earlier in the year. And, uh, well, actually, last year, I did the last round of outdoors at Hangtown. And, like, man, like, I mean, to be honest with you, like, the the top guys, like, really, like, they didn't, they they didn't, like, look like they're, like, like, smiling. And so, uh, I still need to, you know, like, less than amount of fun for like working for more work you know like i have to work harder you know have less fun so i'm i'm doing that but like i want to enjoy like i, I race dirt bikes because i enjoy it i mean i'll like i enjoy doing it so why not have fun you know doing it at the same time for sure, man. There needs to be a balance. You need to be able to find a way to uh, to enjoy yeah. what you do, uh, because honestly, I, I think that truly, uh, the when you guys are at your best is when you're able to uh, like make something special happen on the motorcycle. Everything's clicking, and you're 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 enjoying your motorcycle. You're you're putting in the time, and I honestly, I think I would be a hard time putting in the work, uh, putting in the, the amount of work necessary to get to the top without having it be. Uh, a certain level of fun and certain level of being able to uh, to say like yeah I'm I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing. Obviously, like those long road road bike rides, they're not super fun, but there's ways that you can make it fun, especially be by surrounding yeah. you yourself. Yeah, you make it fun. Yeah, you got to be able to surround yourself with some people who you genuinely enjoy being around, and I I, I think that's that definitely uh, that's that qualifies as you for sure. Yeah, no, I so what what is it you do for training off the bike? We've seen the bangers on Instagram. We've seen you uh, put putting the bike yeah. all co- all kinds of sideways. You've got great style on the bike. Uh, what do you do off the bike Thank to make you. sure that your body's re- uh, ready to race? Yeah, so so I've definitely up my off the bike training here in the past, you know, two months. Uh, from training with uh, Ryan Hughes to now, I'm training with Alex Martin. I'm part of the troll training uh, thing you got going on. And uh, that consists of bike ride, you know, mountain bike rides uh, with uh, hard zones, and then uh, just basic gym stuff. You know, I, so usually the plan is to ride four days a week, and then uh, work off the bike six days a week. You know I mean, so uh, you know, it'd be something in the morning, like a light spin for 20 minutes, either running for 20 minutes, you know, a stationary bike for 20 minutes, and then go ride. And then I have a schedule of what I'm supposed to do from Alex. 
And then after I get done writing, there's something I have to do after that. And, uh, you know, like gym, it would be like, you know, uh, like core and, you know, just like the normal stuff you see in the gym. But uh, I have a schedule and I have to do it. So, yeah, I've definitely upped my off-the-bike training here in the past two months. How big of an impact has that made on your riding on the bike? Like, obviously, having some extra strength, some stamina, and everything else yeah. to go along with it. Uh, that's got to make what you do on the motorcycle a little bit easier. Because <laughs> you got great talent. You're a great rider. Uh, oh, yeah. But also injecting some fitness in, on top of that allows you to just do what you do with a little bit more ease. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's big boots and the just mental toughness and confidence. Like straight up, like yeah, like I'm playing, working. You know what I mean? I'm like I'm supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Because like anyone can have, like, like I ha- I, I can have the speed for one lap, but like once one lap gonna get you, you know, like it don't get you anywhere. And uh, it's cool because I'll be out there and I'll be doing like you know 15, 20 minute motos and. Uh, like the other day, me and Mitchell Harrison went out to the sand track and we did a 15 minute, like five zero minute boat on the sand track. And I'm like, I didn't really get tired. I'm like, man, like, I was like, like, I was like, man, like, that was so sick and like boosting my just my confidence, like, up big time. And then, especially in supercross, like, confidence is big. It's big in supercross. So, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, that's great to hear. What what would you say is the biggest difference between training with Rhino and being a part of the troll training program? Like Ryan Ryan Hughes is a great trainer. He's got a lot of great ideas around the sport, yeah. and uh, training the body is something that he's clear and the mind is something that he's very adept to. Uh, but so is uh, is Alex Martin, and he's been doing it for a long period of time as well. What are the main differences between the two programs? Um, the main difference, like. Um and like, I, I mean, with Alex, I don't like it. Just we just had like um, like Ryan. Alex isn't here, so like Ryan wouldn't be able to hear. But like Alex, like actually flew out for the last week, so it was really cool working on him. I know it was more like uh, it was just me and him, just me and Alex, you know. And then I would go out and I like, try to fit. I like, do like two laps and then come back, work on something, two laps, come back, and then um. Ryan, you know, like, he was the same, you know, was the, um, I mean, honestly, they're both, like, really good trainers, and, uh, I don't really, like, the big, the biggest difference, I don't, like, I enjoy working with both of them, but, um, honestly, like, the only reason that, uh, we just, financial reasons why, is really why we switched. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Rhino's not cheap to work with, and, uh, and all, obviously, if, yeah, if, uh, yeah, and if if uh, tr- uh, like Alex Martin is willing to come out there and be a li- even a little bit more hands on, yeah. um, that that's even more value added. Um, so last year you had yeah, some he, success. Um, actually, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I know he's actually flying. Uh, he's actually coming back out before A one to work with me again. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it was just Alex too. Like just him being out here and like. Um, he had a lot of good stuff to say, and like he's like he's willing like to like come out and like spend time away from his family to help me out. And uh, man, like that boosted my like, that boosted my confidence up too. Another like a big like another notch because I'm like, dude, like Alex Martin, he was just there. He just did it. He's been through everything like just like last year. You know what I mean like he was there, and uh, it was cool just hearing him say all that stuff and like so willing to work with me. 
you know, and uh, I'm pumped to have them coming back out here pretty and actually in two weeks or next week. Well, there you go. Yeah, we're two weeks out from uh, from Anaheim one, so hopefully he gets he gets there a little bit ahead of time. Uh, you've been turning some heads lately, uh, sporting some some of that uh, that sleigh gear from uh, um, yes. Axel Hodges, That's and then fun. also today you put out a post saying that you're going to have HGC helmets, which is exciting. You're an O'Neill guy. You're going to be on Hondas. Tell me a little bit about your 2023 program. Um, yeah, so the 2022 program, I uh, have my buddy Pete um, and his wife, who I'm actually in the car with right now, that I've been sitting on the couch and everything else. Uh, they actually own a chicken ranch up in Ramona, California, and they supply all of Ramona and San Diego with eggs. And uh, he's known, he's seen me grow up throughout the years and seen how much me and my dad have struggled just from getting the races and the bikes. I had a ride growing up, and... Uh, He's done pretty well for himself, and uh, he said if I ever need help, to give him a call. And I was sitting here without no support or anything, so I gave him a call. He got me out here, got me two 23 Hondas from uh, Mach 1 Motorsports. Mach 1 hooked it up at a really good price. And then um, we actually got one bike being built by XBR. Uh, Chad there is helping us out too, big time. So um, my race license machine, a ripper. And uh, we got AHM suspension on it. And, uh, um, you know, a little like I had been having, you know, individual sponsors come on and help me out. Like you said, like uh, Slayco. I'm super pumped to be repping Slayco and uh, working with Alex and his uh, father, Philip. And, um, Heaven and Axel. Yeah. yeah, Axel. Oh, sorry. I said Alex. My bad. Axel <laughs> and his father, Philip. And, uh, then I just got that deal with HJC. HJC is, um, yeah, there's actually some pretty cool stuff coming out this summer. And I'm excited to be uh, running HJC. I mean, man, I'm just, we're getting little sponsors here and there that's helping my program big time. Everything just seems to be rolling Brandon or Brandon Ray's way, man. Like that, that's the, you're gaining momentum rolling yeah. into the, the, the opening round. Uh, looks like it's going to be 250 West, or are you going to try some rounds on the 450? What's yes. the plan? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be doing 250 West Coast, and then I'm uh, going to do Daytona for sure on the 450, and who knows, maybe I might do another couple 450 rounds. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. And then, um, yeah, I just want to get, you know, I'm training hard. You know, I just want to get as much exposure as I can. And, um, you know, try to land a ride. You know, that's really what I, I need to get, you know, because uh, Pete can only help me out for so long. And, um, yeah. Oh, certainly. And I, I know you've got a lot of uh, goals to set for uh, 2023 on the Supercross and the racing side. But um, how does Brandon Ray develop the, the style on the bike that you have? Like, as far as riders... Um, like on a supercross track, even on an outdoor track, like you really get the grease meter just packed full, man. Like you can really throw the bike around. Uh, you can always pick you out. If you had all black gear and all black bike, I'd still be able to pick you out on the track. Um, how do you develop that style? That's, that's kind of funny that you said that because I've went out before in like totally different gear on someone else's bike, and like people were still able to pick me out. It was, it was super funny. Like I was, yeah, I was. It's funny that you said that because that's happened before. But, uh, I mean, reflex, man. I played hours of reflex. You know, reflex, okay. you can really throw the bike around, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Like, on, I, 
I don't have no idea how like I like because like I used to, I trained with this guy named Brian Gearhan growing mm-hmm. up, and he was an off road rider, and he had us doing a bunch of like technical stuff at like I was like sixty five, you know, sixty okay. five, and like where I'm like going over logs and going like super like I got a lot of bike control from that doing stuff like that. I mean, people really like you know you race motocross, you train motocross. You know what I mean? But like no, like we're out in the in the woods. You know what I mean? Popping logs and freaking popping back bathtubs and whatever we can get thrown at us, you know. And uh, that just taught me a lot of bike control. And I'm super comfortable on the bike. And like, honestly, like I can like hop on different bikes and just ride them so good because, uh, uh, yeah, because I mean, really, like, it just taught me a lot of bike control. For sure, like it. Yeah, it's, I ain't afraid it, to send it either. So. Yeah, no, you definitely send it. Uh, and it, like, just to touch back on uh, the whole reflex thing, are you are you a Fort Dodge two guy? Like, what was your favorite map? Um, it was uh, Fort Dodge two. That's isn't that the that's the um, which one's Fort Dodge two? Is that the one that goes up into the uh, stadium? Or? Yeah, it goes up. It, like, there's that jump that goes up into like sort of the peristyle, and then you jump back down, and then it goes over the under the uh, under yeah. over under bridge, and then there's Honestly, it goes back uh, up top, uh, comes back down. I was good at that one. That was my favorite one. Honestly, like, I'm super good at every single uh, super car. Like, motocross on reflex, I'm not that good on it. Like, I'm good, but, like, uh, my buddy yeah. was able to beat me on supercross. There was only one dude that was ever close to me that I played with, and then that was, uh, his name was Damon Myers. He used to be a Dunlop rep. Oh, that's for funny. Pro division, for the pro. Yeah, for pro. And at Loretta Lynch, he showed up one day. Or he was out there, and he came over to my camper and was hanging out with me and my dad, and we were playing it. And it's like, dude, he was like, he was like, like straight up. And I'm like, holy crap, like, because I'm like extremely good at that game. So, yeah. I love it, man. Do you, do you still play, or is, is that uh, that's not part of the program no. anymore? No, man. Honestly, I don't really play video games that much. Uh, I, I really can't tell you the last time I played Reflex. <sighs> You know, well, you're heading sure you're heading home now. In. I bet you got an Xbox 360 at home. No, I don't. Actually, <sighs> bro. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I honestly like. I used to play a lot of video games, but like, I'm not a indoor kid. I'm an outdoor kid. I mean, okay. Like, I'd rather go out and play, like, shoot basketball, or like, you know, work on stuff, or you know, because I mean? like, I had a truck. I, 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 have, I still have it. I just haven't touched it or seen it in like six, seven months. But uh, I have. Have it, like a 1970 GMC truck that I've done a bunch of work on, you know. So I'm always out there like working on that, or like like I said, shooting basketball, riding bicycles, you know. So <laughs> gro- growing up racing, who were some of the guys that you battled with the most, and uh, at, at what point did you feel like you had the skill level to uh, throw your hat in the ring and, and send it off to uh, Loretta Lynn's? Yeah, I mean Loretta Lynn's was uh, always like a. Uh, big prestigious race you know we always wanted to get out there and uh every time man we barely made it every single time we went i i don't know is that i think i went like five six times which is crazy because i mean the first time we went like we had or actually a couple times we threw car washes to get there and just families and everything like i've had a bunch of like family support me like just different families that support me throughout my amateur career to help me get the races like that and um 
you know, I was able to make it out a couple times to Loretta's. And um, I've done, always done fairly well there. I just, uh, like, last year wasn't the best year for me. Uh, last year I went there in pro class. It wasn't the best. But other than that, like, I've always gotten top tens. And, yeah, it's always been a blast going there. But, like, uh, kids I battle with is, like, I've always battled with Max Bowen, Jet Reynolds, uh, you know, Hunter Cross, uh, Max Miller. Uh, dude, I mean, seriously, like, uh, Levi Kitchen, like, all the big names now, like, we all kind of grew up racing each other, you know? And okay. yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I've beat, like, I've, I've honestly, I've beat, like, these kids, you know, I've beat them before, you know? It's crazy because I kind of get overlooked. I, I mean, I do get overlooked. Like, I'm, like, the underdog for sure, but. You know, I've had a because like, I'll pop out all of a sudden, just win every, like, win everything. You know, and then all of a sudden, like I'll be in like six in the next race. You know, so trying to get more consistent. Consistency wins championships, man. But you have consistently been yeah. gaining more and more followers on Instagram and social media. I know you're big on TikTok. Uh, where can people follow along to uh, to get as much B-ray in their life as possible? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Instagram, for sure. I actually have my uh, merch account that I'm trying to get followers up because I'm actually going to be coming out with merch again soon to help me make it to these races and stuff like that, uh, which is Relentless Racing. And then uh, my Instagram, which is b.ray underscore 388. And then my YouTube channel also that we're going to start coming out with YouTube videos uh, during Supercross on kind of the behind the scenes of everything that's going on at Supercross at the different rounds. Uh, and that's uh, Ray Lindless TV. Um, those are three major ones you can check me out on. You know, for sure. You need some Ray Li- Ray Limitless. Uh, Ray, Ray Limitless. Relentless. Relentless. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They need some relentless uh, apparel sported at the track and i'm willing to bet that if they uh, if they wear it to the pits uh they'll probably get an autograph from the guy like yourself so my question to you and like there's there's a good chance that in the next few years that uh bogle's no longer holding down the number 19 um but if you were uh, allowed to uh pick a permanent number one day would you want 119 or just 19? Would you want to drop the one or like right. if they they don't allow it anymore, but if they allowed a three digit permanent number, would you take 119? No, no, it'd be 19 because that was actually that was my number growing up. And okay. then uh, some of the nationals, like someone someone would take my number number 19 to sign it before me, you know, and then not have to run 119. And then, um, but my first choice would be 19. Um, Honestly, like, when we're signing up for this year, like, uh, you know, it kind of depends on who signs up first. Like, I could have went for 119, but uh, I like my number 388 right now because, like, 3 plus 8 plus 8 equals 19. I got to think okay. it's kind of funny. And, like, 388 looks all right. But, yeah, my permanent number would definitely be 19. There you go. Well, that that that's that certainly works. Uh, yeah, like nineteen is a yeah. is a great looking number. Um, you used to sport the, that number when you were with the the JMC boys on uh, the on the sort of yeah. the amateur program. Um, tell me a little bit about working with those guys, and uh, if you'd like, I don't know if they're still doing a Supercross program. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Um, but uh, wow. like, how how cool would it be for you to be able to work with those guys again in the future? Yeah, JMC, they don't actually have any, like, a team no more, but they do support, uh, like, you know, their own riders from up there in Washington and whatnot. Right. And, 
I mean, you know, we still get along really well. Um, they helped me out big time and uh, they helped me get to a bunch of the big races. And I actually won, like, I, I forgot what it was. I think it was like 16 or something like that, 15 amateur national championship titles with them and the B classes. And um, yeah, I mean, I, they helped me out big time and uh, it'd be cool. I mean, like, um, like I said, unfortunately, they don't have a team anymore. So, well, they like the guy that they had on the team for the longest time. I can't I, like his name is escaping me right now, but now he's the team manager over at Star, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, Jensen. Jensen, Jensen yeah, Himmler. yeah, that guy was there for. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't like Super not cool to guy. say Jensen didn't like sort of like I was surprised to see him go from uh, from JMC, which he was there for a lot of years and like building bikes for Starling yeah. and stuff like that to all of a sudden, like his next, yeah. his next, next gig was star racing Yamaha and like just moved up to the big rig. Like that was pretty think, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, like I was pumped for him when that happened. Like I get, you know, I text him and told him congrats, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he might've worked with star before he went to JMC. I think okay. I honestly like, that makes sense. I, I might be mistaken. I might be mistaken. I might be mistaken, but, uh, I think he did work at Star and then go to JMC and then, you know, JMC kind of like, you know, stopped doing the team and whatnot. I don't really know exactly what happened going on over there, but uh, then he got the offer with Star. And, you know, I'm stoked for him. Like, that's cool. Like, I still see him at the races and he'll say what's up to me and a uh, super cool guy. For sure, for sure. Uh, so you, you raced a lot of nationals last year. Uh, we saw you uh, getting the bike all kinds of sideways, upside down, backwards, what have you, places like Washougal. Um, what was it like racing the nationals on, uh, on a two fifty F, which is honestly no, no small feet. Uh, and, and I think you were on a two fifty F most of the time. That's like, like yes. it yes. racing nationals on a two fifty F as a privateer is it, it, it's borderline on That's lunacy. Hard. Like it's that you need so much bike. It's yeah. so hard on the bike. Uh, it's hard on riders. Uh, you're doing a lot of driving like, um, Honestly, dude, that like that. Yeah, there's no it, more abrasive way to go through a season than to race outdoors on a 450 as a privateer, uh, or on 250 rather. Um, tell that's, me a little bit about that season. That's funny that you bring that up. Yeah, that's cool that you bring this up actually, because uh, you know this outdoor season was super rough on me, especially mentally, because I'm an outdoor rider and uh, you know like, I I got promised a lot and I end up racing the whole season on a stock motor. And, uh, I did the, I, I did the best I could with what I had. Yeah. And, um, I had a couple good, you know, I had a couple good results there. Like my, like, honestly, if I was in better shape and my car actually like was working as hard as I am now on my off the bike stuff, man, I, I would have been top twenties, you know, the whole season, but I did have a couple. Um, we did, I did drive every single round. I didn't drive like a hundred percent, but I drove a lot of miles. A lot of miles, excuse me, uh, but actually, like it's so, like it's so hard being the 250 this here, especially for outdoors. You know, everyone's like, oh, like it's not, it's you know the bike, it's not the bike, it's the rider, you know, and whatnot. But I mean, when you're going up against hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar bikes, you know, what I mean, then like, dude, like it, it's it's hard. I don't care who you are. You know, what I mean, like. I don't care. Put Jet on the stock bike and see how he does. You know, I definitely, I, I know for a fact he wouldn't be winning it. You know. Yeah. Well, sure. the, yeah the, honestly, well, like I, how how important are starts? And yeah, like, starts. That's 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just get, I'll get games. Honestly, sorry. Super bad. I mean, the only one start I had good was at Washougal when I came out third or uh, fourth, actually. And I, <laughs> I was kind of shaking a little bit because uh, I know Washougal pretty well and I ain't going to give up no secrets, but um, I know what to do at Washougal. And uh, everyone was spinning and I just hooked up. And then um, I came out and I seen Colt right there next to me and I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm up in the front right now. And, um, Unfortunately, I was in the best shape and uh, made mistakes and fell back. But I did run top ten for like I ran top ten for like seven minutes. It was, and then I fell back to twelve and rode rode in twelve for a little bit too. Like I was, I was up in the mix. You know, I showed I had the speed. You know, and uh, I was, I was really pumped on that race. And I actually did my two best career finishes there. I did a seventeenth in the first moto and sixteenth in the second moto, and. um but actually, for this coming year, if I we if we if I don't land a ride, um, Pete is will, uh, willing to help me on a 450 Honda for the outdoor season, and I think that will be a big like step in the right direction for that instead of trying to do a 250 program again for outdoors because it's just too much money. It's too much money. Like, like the bikes are just so expensive, and then the 450 you can get so many more hours on it. When I'm at home. And I like when I was home for um like when I'm at home and I don't have like a ride or anything that I respond to, like I ride I ride a four fifty Yamaha. That's what I have at right. home right now. You know, and I yeah. So well, certainly, and, and you, you've shown a lot of skill over the years, man. Like I, I, sh- I think that you're 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 certainly on an upward trend, and I hope that people go to uh, b dot ray underscore three eighty eight on Instagram as well as I think that's what your TikTok is as well, correct? Yeah, I don't really be posting that much on TikTok. I had a bunch of videos. I got fair old, enough, fair I enough. got older, more mature. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But then uh, also on your on, like if they go to the profile, they can uh, you are the owner of Relentless dot racing and uh yeah they should go get themselves some uh some merch support because i I'm, I'm sure that every single uh purchase uh goes towards helping you uh make the make your way to the races and make things a little bit easier 100 percent, 100 percent. and uh you know p is uh helping me out big time with that stuff too and uh we might we, we have a pretty cool i like, once we start getting everything in uh in order and start coming out with some stuff like we have a pretty cool like thing we're gonna do an idea, and I don't want to say too much of that yet because not, we're not there yet. But yeah, I mean they definitely should be following Railroad Racing. Let's just say that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, creating a little bit of scarcity and and some mystery is certainly a good marketing strategy. Um, like I, I mentioned it earlier, but what are your goals for 2023 for Supercross? You'd mentioned West Coast Supercross. You want to race. Um, yes. racing the 450 class for Daytona. Um, last year we found yourself like you were, you're, you're in LCQs, you're a bubble guy into the main events. Uh, sometimes, uh, like, like sometimes you, you, you looked great. Sometimes you didn't look, didn't look so great. Um, how do you get a little bit more consistent and also put it into the main event on a regular basis? Yeah. So my goal for this 23 Supercross season is, uh, definitely, you know, main event, you know, that's, the first one. I just want to make every main. And then the uh, second goal is top 15s. And then I want to get top. I want to at least get, you know, I want to get a couple top 10s if I can. I know I have the speed. You know, it's just all about me being consistent. 
And, uh, you know, this year, this earlier this year when I raced, when I did my first season in Supercross, I only had like a month and a half on Supercross, like honestly on a legit Supercross track. And um, that it kind of showed because, like, I mean, I could not hit the whoops to save my life. And uh, that really kind of like, I, uh, affected me pretty big mentally. So, like, it kind of screwed me up around the whole track. But it showed as the season went on, my speed and the whoops got faster. And then, I, like you said, I was a bubble guy. Like, I know people will just look at the results, but, I mean, I was there a lot of times in the heat. I mean, in the heat, like, making the transferring straight through, and I would just make little mistakes and then just fall back. And then I'd go to the LCQ and then make a mistake in the LCQ. And then when you make a mistake in the LCQ, like, you don't get it. Like, that's, that's the last chance, you know? Yeah, you don't get much more. Like you, you made the main in uh, in San Diego, fourth place in the uh, in the LCQ. Uh, past Dominique Thury, he ended up not being able to get you. You were ahead of uh, other guys like Mitchell Harrison, Ro- uh, Jerry Robin, uh, guys that have national numbers. That's got to be a, like a uh, a nice feather in your cap rolling into the main event at uh, at a place like San Diego for that Supercross. Um, and like you said, those those. Uh, LCQs are absolutely mayhem, and uh, it, it's. Mayhem. I'm surprised you weren't able to. Uh, at that point, you you didn't get caught up with a guy like Colby Cop. But uh, tell me a little bit about uh, making into that first main event. Oh man, that is so surreal. Like, uh, I feel like my mechanic at the time was Joe, and uh, he like he, man, me, me and him were just so stoked afterwards. Like he was so pumped, and I was so pumped, and. Uh, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, it was just a relief, really honestly, because the first round of A1, I didn't even make the night show, which is kind of like it, it sucked big time because I did not think I was going to make the night show. And uh, then Oakland, I made the night show. And uh, then then I made the main. Like it was like, like you know, like, bop, bop, bop. And then, <laughs> you know, no night, no night show, night show, the main. So um, it was kind of relief, like, okay, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then I made Denver too. And uh, Denver was awesome. You know, it was a cool feeling. Fair enough. So like when you get into the LCQs, like the mindset, you got to get a good start. You got to go race away. Uh, but if you don't get a good start, like what's the mindset of just basically having to sprint, you get three or four laps at the absolute most, I believe. I think actually this one, you actually, they, they somehow they got eight laps in uh in i guess the six minutes so it kind of adds up that about a 45 or a 50 second lap time um like it's it's an all-out sprint and you're you're looking at name bars like taylor steinke fierro surratt um trying to move forward and it, like yeah. and it's just it, it's like basically just total bonsai the guys are just like like sending it for each other's <laughs> uh, legs like how like how do you settle yourself and just like move forward or is it just mayhem I mean, it is mayhem for sure, but, I mean, you got to assert your dominance, like, straight up. You know, like, okay. uh, I'm a fairly aggressive rider, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you know, straight up. And uh, I don't want to be that person, but, like, when it, it comes down to you have to be, especially in LCQ. There ain't no, like, second-guessing yourself. Like, you have the opening, you shoot for it, like, straight up, because they will on you, like, straight up. Like, oh, you know, like, there's some guys out there that are a little sketchy that will go not for your – front wheel they're going to just go right for your you know <laughs> the middle of your bike which kind of sketchy and um uh you know people like that you really can't get you can't there's really nothing you can do about that you know you just have to be smart you know if you know they're going to come up on the inside of you and try that you got to check up and cut down on them 
you know, like you just have to ride with your head and be super smart and kind of like, kind of be able to like, um, what's it called? What's that word? Like, for, like foretell, or I don't know, like, um, tell what they're going to do before they do it, you know? Yeah, you, you got to read people. You got to have racecraft. You got to be able to read the situation and calculate. Craft, okay, yeah. this is like I'm I, the guy. I'm coming in ahead of this guy. Where where, where is he going to try and pass me? Where is he going to try and take my space away? Um, and, and yeah, like honestly, every guy's a little bit different as how they approach passes. Like, uh, like yeah. I don't I don't mean to bag on Colby Cop, but honestly, that guy like was he was kind of in a lot of people uh, a lot of people's business last year, especially early in the season. Um, like, how do you calculate for guys like that, or or just like, uh, or, or is that somebody that you've had some run-ins with? Yeah, I mean, me and Colby, we've had our own. Uh, we're from the same area, actually, so we've had our little, we've had our differences, you know. But uh, um, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say he's the wildest one out there. To be honest with you, you know, what I mean, like he's like the, um, like I mean, he's not scared. Like he'll fight you on the track. He's definitely one of those guys, but. Uh, He's not the sketchiest one to race with. I, I don't want to name. I kind of uh, want you to. <laughs> you know, Colby, like, uh, no, I know, I know, I can't do that though. You know, like, I, do that, but, I know, I, I know. I just, I just kind of really yeah, do want you to though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Beery calls out well, well, one. No, that's the headline. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, Beery uh, calls out himself. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, dude, honestly, I, I messed up in the cup race last year, and uh, one guy, I forgot his name, but. uh, I do. I straight up T-boned him. Like I didn't. You honestly, like I did not mean to do it. And I actually slid his case open on his bike. <laughs> and I, dude, man, I felt bad. You know what I mean? Like honestly, like felt bad because I didn't mean to do that. You know what I mean? But like I, like I, I, do. I cleaned people out last year straight up, like hundred percent. You know, if any, like, like, uh, I, I know what's it called. I, <laughs> I know people will say that I'm the sketch, probably the sketchiest rider out there. But you know what? I honestly, don't care. Honestly, yeah, so I'll call it myself for sure. Fair enough. He just, he just tur- turns the gun back on himself when I tell him to aim it at others. That's totally fair. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, um, throughout the day of a Supercross, there's a lot that goes into it. You got to you gotta show up nice and early, get get your, your pit set up all, all squared away. And that's something that you're going to have to deal with more this year than last year. Obviously, you were with the yeah. uh, the PRMX guys. Uh, now you're, you'll be probably out of like either a sprinter or a truck, uh, setting up your pit presence, getting all things set up, getting yourself squared up for, uh, for track walk. Uh, that's usually at around 10 o'clock. Uh, three practice sessions and then it's go time man like it, it's gonna there's gonna be a lot on your plate this year um which like obviously like having some some uh support from the guys at prmx was good last year uh but i think this year also allows a little bit more freedom to your program allowing you to sort of uh like kind of just worry about yourself and that's it yeah i know like uh you know being on prmx is a big help you know, as, like you just said, like the whole setup and everything. But uh, we're still figuring out exactly what the plan is going to be for this, like our setup wise. But uh, I mean, we do. We I have a, a Ford van. You know what I mean? That's and plus, like these races out here aren't far. You know, from each other, no. West Coast races. You know, like yeah, they're not far usually. But like uh, Pete does have a brand new uh, truck that we're uh, just still like probably. For that, taking that to Daytona and stuff like that, um, we're gonna try to have wraps on our stuff so we can get some support from sponsors, you know, that want to be on our stuff. That's gonna be going to those races and 
you know, it's going to say my name on the side of it. And, uh, you know, people love Supercross and everything. So I'm trying to get sponsors to help out with that. Um, but I know Pete's going to come up with something cool to help me not have that much on my plate, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of sharing it with him, the plate. So it's a perfect man. group thing. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. a getter going, man. That that that's awesome and good to hear. And like, uh, how have you been adjusting to uh, to the Hondas? Obviously, we saw you on uh, on Cowies last year for Supercross. Uh, you were on the the Husqvarna um, throughout the soup throughout the outdoors, yeah, and then now you find yourself back on a Japanese manufacturer, back on Hondas. Like, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I've, I've wore, I rode four different brands this year already. Um, that's uh, no joke. What's it called? Like you know, the Cowies were cool. Like they were awesome. I love them, and they just took me a little bit to get comfortable on. Cause I actually I never rode a Cowie before, and um, huh. you know it, get, it took a little getting used to, and I got used to them. And like they're good bikes. And then I switched to the uh, the new Husky that they came out with the uh, Rockstar Edition, and uh, I love that bike. That bike I could, did say it was stock. You know, it's probably the fastest stock bike I've ridden so far. And then I went back to my Yamaha 450 at home. I went home for a little bit. And then now I'm on the Honda. And uh, the Honda, I can honestly say, is the bike I feel the most comfortable on out of every bike I've ridden. Um, I just know, like, the bike stock compared to stock. I think the Husky was definitely faster um, than the Yamaha. And then I'd say Honda for stock bikes compared. But, uh, my bike, my practice bike has the pro-circuit exhaust on it and a uh, Vortex Ignition map by XPR. And that bike, I mean, dude, it, it rips. You know, I love it. I love it. I feel super comfortable on it. And it just really fits my riding style. Like, it's uh, it's super, it's like, you know, it's, it's one of the slimmer bikes. And uh, I'm able to just uh, throw it around, you know. And I'm still getting more and more comfortable on it, you know. And I love it. Awesome, dude. Well... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm really stoked for you, man. You are uh, you're seven hours away from your destination. You. I hope that uh, um, this is an awesome Christmas season for you, that you get a little bit of recharge over the weekend and then uh, reset your focus on uh, some career best in Supercross this year. One more time for those listening, where can they follow along on social media so they can keep track of everything? B-Ray388. And uh, I appreciate you making some time. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it, Brad. Absolutely. Like, uh, so it's it's B dot Ray underscore three eighty eight. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, hopefully people follow along. Uh, you get the Big MX Radio bump with some followers on that, and people are going to uh, probably be tuned in uh, on everything you got going on for this year, my friend. You guys drive nice and safe. I really appreciate you making the time. Yeah, thank you so much, Brad, for having me on, man. I'm pumped. Awesome, dude. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. Well, there you have it, guys. My interview with Brandon Ray. Great great character. That guy is so much fun to talk to. I wish him all the best this coming winter for Monster Energy Supercross. I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to be a guy who's sort of on the bubble of... Uh, whether or not he makes main events, which means he's kind of a boomer bust when it comes to Pulp Mex Fantasy, but uh, I think he's going to be much improved, and he's got uh, some some great support this year. Of course, last year he was on uh, Team PRMX, and uh, they ended up parting ways just as they went into the Nationals. So I um, wanted to remind you guys again that this podcast was brought to you by... 
Epoxy It Inc. Epoxy underscore it underscore on Instagram. They've got incredible coatings that are going to make your workspace next level. Uh, so dial those guys up today. Find them on Instagram, Epoxy It Inc. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, Jesse, you listened to this podcast and you enjoyed it. So you guys have a good one. Take care. And as always, thanks for listening.